This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant and expert witness, an author, and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to talk about the creation of the mold litigation, which because of a gigantic $32 million verdict against a homeowner's insurance company, mold lawsuits proliferated like fleas on a puppy. And what happened was it wasn't really mold that was the problem. The fear of mold claims was engendered in the insurance industry by the trial court decision in a case called Ballard versus Fire Insurance Exchange that came up in the Testric District Court in Travis County, Texas on June 1, 2001. And it found that uh, Ms. Ballard and her husband were entitled to $32 million in judgment. But what they did not know was that mold had little or nothing to do with the decision. And eventually, the Fire Insurance Exchange appealed the case, and the Texas Court of Appeal, 3rd District at Austin, reversed much of the trial court's opinion in a case called Ronald Allison Fire Insurance Exchange versus Fire Insurance Exchange and Melinda Ballard that was decided in 2002 and explained the factual background that resulted in an improper and excessive judgment against the Fire Insurance Exchange. The Court of Appeals described the evidence presented at trial in detail, necessary to the understanding of the decision. Although the Ballard-Allison trial verdict was touted as a mold case, it was in fact a claims handling case. The jury was offended by the admission that the adjuster, Ms. McConnell, lied to the insured and decided to punish the insurer and its adjuster with excessive punitive damages. In order to avoid an insurance claim as complex as this one, the fire insurance exchange should have followed proper claims handling protocol. The lawsuit and the results of the lawsuit could have been avoided if it followed good faith claims handling and if the claims adjuster did not testify that she lied to the insured. If the Ballard claim was presented after the decision in a court of appeal called, decision called Feist versus State Farm Lloyds, there would have been no coverage for any of her claims except the direct damage caused by water and no basis for her allegations of bad faith. In that regard, consider the timeline that was set out in the Court of Appeal decision. Mrs. Allison, nay Ballard, 
was the plaintiff, whose suit, although not a mold case but a bad faith case, started a flood of mold claims. The timeline should lead to a better understanding of the case and how it was litigated to a $32 million verdict. In 1990, Ballard bought at foreclosure a property for $275,000 that included a 7,400-square-foot home with a nanny's apartment, garage, and a barn. In 1996, Ballard filed a plumbing leak claim. The farmer's agent told Ballard her home was underinsured and the limit was based on the county tax appraisal, not replacement cost. She wanted to keep the insurance at the value of the tax appraisal and signed a form rejecting an increase in coverage. In 1997, Ballard filed a plumbing leak claim and farmers paid sixty to seventy thousand dollars. In nineteen ninety eight, repair work done for leaks in January, February, July, August, October, and December, Ballard filed another claim in December. On December seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight, Ballard filed a property damage claim. On December twenty two, nineteen ninety eight, Ballard's dwelling inspected by independent adjuster who requested hydrostatic plumbing tests. On December 30, 1998, the claim was assigned to a farmer's adjuster who estimated damages at $100,000, but the adjuster's authority was only $20,000. Remember, the house was insured for only $313,000 plus 187800 on the contents. On January 7, 1999, at the request of, a, of farmers, a civil engineer inspected the property. Ballard obtained bill, bids to repair hardwood flooring ranging from $89,000 to $171,000. Farmers' bid was increased to $127,950, after Ballard requested that the floor be custom-made, not manufactured, like the original floor. On January 11, 1999, Ballard notified by farmers that the plumbing tests found no leaks. On January 12, 1999, additional moisture sources testing were requested by Ballard and farmers. On February 8, 1999, Farmers sent a letter indicating they needed a 45-day extension to complete the claims investigation. In fact, the claims investigation had been completed, but farmers needed time to obtain authority for payment from the Home Office. At about the same time, Ballard finally hired an attorney. On February 24, 1999, farmers paid Ballard $108,316.50 for the $127,950 repair estimate, which included replacing manufactured flooring with custom flooring, less depreciation, and the deductible. Ballard replaced the old wood floor with marble. 
On, in March of 1999, the adjuster requested independent appraisal of the house due to concern it was underinsured. The appraiser valued the house at $749,000. Farmers increased the policy amounts to $750,000 on the house and $450,000 on the contents. On March 4, 1999, the adjuster and contractors inspected newly discovered damage to the home. On March 11, 1999, Ballard's lawyer notified farmers in writing that all contact about claims should go through him. At Ballard's request, farmers sent a technician to determine if there was additional damage due to a refrigerator leak. There was! In April of 1999, Ballard met an indoor air quality consultant on an airplane flight who suggested she might have a mold problem. On April 5, 1999, the consultant came to the house and took air samples and advised Ballard of the existence of mold spores. On April 7, 1999, Ballard's attorney sent a letter to farmers advising of possible health problems, and the Ballards moved into the nanny's apartment. On April 8, 1999, farmers suggested mediation to resolve the claims. On April 13, 1999, Ballard, various attorney representatives and attorneys and farmers' representatives met to discuss the mold findings of her consultant. On April 14, 1999, farmers sent a consulting firm to take air samples. On April 21, 1999, Ballard's consultant conducted more tests. On April 23, 1999, Ballard's consultant recommended they immediately move out of the property. Ballard's family and their nanny moved into the Four Seasons Hotel in Austin, whose rates at the time were $245 to $690 per room per night. According to Ballard, the hotel was the only thing I've found suitable. Ballard remained at the Four Seasons until about June 1, 1999, when they moved into a rental home. In April of 1999, farmers paid an additional $8,000 for a shower leak claim and about $25,000 for an ice maker leak claim. In May of 1999, farmers paid about $45,900 for damage to walls and sheetrock. On May 5, 1999, Ballard filed suit for breach of contract, deceptive trade practices, bad faith, and negligence, initially requesting over $100 million in compensatory and punitive damages. In May of 1999, Farmer's Consultant estimated the cost to remediate and repair the house and contents at $382,000. Ballard's es expert estimated the cost at $1,015,500. Mediation was attempted and Farmer's offered Ballard $734,000. Ballard, of course, countered with $10 million and media rights. Mediation failed, and farmers invoked the appraisal cause. 
Ballard hired the Lund Group, a New York public relations firm, to launch her campaign to raise public awareness about mold. In, on May 27, 1999, farmers notified Ballard that it had chosen an appraiser who was a structural engineer with extensive experience in the construction industry. Ballard chose an attorney as her appraiser. He had to withdraw, so she chose another attorney in November of 1999. In May to July of 99, Ballard submitted additional claims for leaks in the roof, two leaks in the water tank room, water damage in the garage and barn, water damage under the kitchen sink, leaks in the nanny's apartment, loose tiles on the porch, and a fountain leak. In June of 1999, farmers paid about $382,000 for mold remediation and repairs of the house and contents. Ballard's attorney refused the money. In August of 1999, since December 1998, Ballard made 14 separate claims, nine of them since the appraisal process began in May. In December of 1999, Ballard appears in USA Weekend's cover story. During 1999, farmers had a total of 12 mold claims. In February of 2000, farmers tendered the checks again, and they were deposited into the registry of the court. In March of 2000, Ballard appears on CBS News Magazine's show 48 Hours. According to one newspaper article, the media barrage was underway. In November of 2000, the appraisal process continued for several months, and the appraisers met for four days to determine the amount of loss. On November 16, 19, 2000, the appraisal decision was for $1,287,092.72, deducting amounts farmers had previously paid, that is $900,000 more than the policy limits. Checks were deposited by Ballard's attorney into the court registry. On May 7, 2001, trial began. On May 30, 2001, the jury began deliberations and returned a verdict the next day for $2,547,350 to replace the home, $1,154,175 to remediate the mold damage to the home, $2,000,000 to replace the contents of the home, $350,000 for past and future additional living expenses, $176,000 for Ballard's appraisal costs, $5 million for mental anguish, $12 million for punitive damages, and $8,891,000 for attorney's fees. On October 30, 2001, the court entered a judgment for over $33 million actual damage by $2 million $45,204.28, the total amount that farmers had already paid Ballard on her claims. On March 2002, Ballard formed Policyholders of America, an organization designed to help people make claims against their insurers. In June 2002, during the first half of 2002, Farmers had over 12,000 mold claims, 
an increase from only 12 claims in 1999 prior to the Ballard media barrage. In November of 2002, Ballard filed a defamation lawsuit against farmers for an October Austin American Statesman newspaper article which quoted a farmer's spokesman as saying, I think Melinda Ballard hit the jackpot with the jury award on a fraudulent claim. She was expert at working the press on this and creating fear. She did a good job of frightening the public. According to the suit, Farmers believes it can systematically lie and cheat and walk all over the little guys, she claimed. In February of 2003, the appeal was heard, and the following additional information was published in the decision of February 21, 2003. Farmers alleged that Ballard was contentious, insulting, and vulgar in dealing with their claims personnel. Evidence was not admitted in the original trial that indicated that Ballard threatened to use her $44 million trust fund to fight farmers and snort stacky botrus if necessary to hurt them. The original judge had excluded evidence about Ballard's wealth because courts try to keep those kinds of tawdry considerations out of the fact-finding process. Ballard changed both lawyers and appraisers during the process, which contributed to the delays she cited that affected the size of the judgment. The judge refused to let the facts be mentioned during the trial. The original judgment was reduced to $4,006,320 in actual damages with an order to reconsider the attorney's fees. The whole case had nothing to do with mold. The whole case had to do with the fact that the adjuster admitted on the stand that when she sent a letter to Ballard, the form letter about needing extra time to complete their investigation was not true. She only needed time to get approval for payments. Farmers paid a great deal of money to Miss Ballard and was the victim not only of an overzealous claimant, but the victim of multiple mold claims that resulted from the verdict obtained by Ms. Ballard in the original lawsuit. This video was adapted from my book, The Mold and Fungi Handbook, which is available from Amazon.com as both a Kindle book and as a paperback, and can also be noted in my website, Zalma.com, by clicking on the Insurance Claims Library. If you found this video to be useful or interesting to you, please refer it to your colleagues, and please subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, and to my blog so that you can learn about future videos and blog posts.